Aloha. Good afternoon and aloha to all you CCHers out there and BYU Hawaii alumni from around the world. We welcome you to the 52nd Alumni Podcast. From the Hokanley Department, I'm Elder Bobby Akoi, serving as a university chaplain. And seated on my right-hand side is the lovely Leigh Cummings from Alumni Office. Thanks for being our co-host for today, Leigh. Mahalo, Um, Bobby. We thank you for tuning in this afternoon. You are in store for an amazing experience for the next hour. The purpose of these podcasts is to introduce our alumni to share their stories with us. Also, we are looking at your comments so as you chime in, if you have any questions, just type it in and we'll try to address all of the comments. Uh, before we start, uh, we have some announcements to make and I'll turn the time over to Leigh. Yes, thank you so much, Bobby. It's great to have you hosting today. Um, so one, some of our comments uh, or announcements today are um, this upcoming podcast on Monday. We have Elder and Sister McCarty, missionaries here in the Ho'okela Department who would take care of and teach our on-campus internship classes. They're going to be on our podcast, and they have been here for the last few years, and we'll be saying goodbye to them shortly thereafter. Um, That'll be on Monday the 18th at 3 p.m. And then on Friday, our next next week's podcast will be with an alumnus, Abhi Tora from Fiji. He will be featured on our podcast then. And also, this is a special week for our BYU Hawaii Ohana graduation is tomorrow. And we wanna congratulate all of our winter graduates um, and wish them very well. This graduation will take place on Saturday, the 16th and at 9.30 a.m. Join us live for that event on the BYU YouTube channel. Thank you, Leigh. So, all right, so we've been looking forward to this podcast for months, haven't we, Leigh? Yes. And we finally are blessed to have him with us today. So just a brief introduction on him because he's such a humble guy, he won't even mention the things I'm going to (laughs) say. So um, he'll just have to listen to it. So he came on campus under the same semester I came in 1972 in the fall. And uh, uh, she was just one month off of his mission. And he was asked as a student, and he was a second semester freshman, to direct Showcase Hawaii. Now, for those of you that don't know about Showcase Hawaii, it's an entertainment group that promotes the school and promotes the mission of the Honolulu Mission and the church as well. And we'll hear about that later. But um, as a as a student, this is what amazes me. As a student, he was running and directing this Showcase Hawaii group. Um, he graduated, um, he graduated and he's not going to tell you this, but I will, he was our valedictorian for the school the year he graduated. Um, and then went on to be an adjunct faculty here for a year. Um, and also, I mean, you know, teaching music, um, besides directing Showcase Hawaii. Then he went off to BYU to work on his postgraduate work and was a director of the Young Ambassadors Group there, including the Lemonite Generation. Um, so he just retired last year as Associate Dean of the Fine Arts and Communication Division. And, and I don't think anybody knows this, but I want to share this in the year 2000, BYU Hawaii recognized Randy as the uh, Distinguished Alumni um, Service Award uh, recipient. And so without further ado, we're gonna bring on this gifted and talented and world traveler, Randy Booth. Yay! Aloha, Randy. Aloha. Aloha, Randy. It's nice to see you folks. And I'm embarrassed with all of that introduction. I was just a student (laughs) at CCH and then lucky to be there when we made the transition in 1974 to BYU-Hawaii. And it has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. It has influenced everything that I've done. I mean, now that I can look back on my career having retired uh, last year, it's just amazing how that experience was just key. It was right at the foundation of my entire life, traveling around the world to 45 different countries and, and teaching in many of those different countries and being able to work with students uh, throughout my career at BYU Provo in the same way that I was privileged to practice with uh, my good friends at 
CCH as a second semester freshman? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I cannot believe what were they thinking? Howley <laughs> from the mainland uh, just <laughs> to come over and and put together a show. But I'm sure glad that they trusted me because it was a key turning point in my life and prepared me for everything that I've done. I'm so and, grateful. And I know, and I know it was tough because I was with you that semester that year, and I know it's tough for a student to do, to do this, but. Um, you you did it, Randy, and you really have a you really have an amazing story to share with us today, and that we're looking forward uh, to it. So we want you to tell us your story, how you got here, and you know how much the school has impacted you and has helped you throughout your career. I would love to thank you so much for this opportunity. You know, there I am on my graduation day. I'm excited for all of the new BYU Hawaii graduates that will be. Uh, celebrating on Saturday. Uh, it was a fantastic day for me. And uh, the years, the four years that I was privileged to spend there were some of the very best years of my life. You know, I I only planned to come over for one year. I was invited by uh, President Brower's assistant for public affairs, Norm Nielsen, to come and help organize this show that I think he had been doing as a second job. And so they they gave me a scholarship and said, come over and put together a show. We've got to get to all of the high schools in the islands and let people know that we've got a really great thing going here at CCH. And at the time, I think we had about mm, maybe eight, 900 students. And after about another couple of years, we had 1,200 students. And I'm not even sure how many students do we have today? Just under 3,000. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> we were there with just a handful. And it was such a great place to get an education. We knew that we had to get the word out to all of the islands. And so it just kind of makes me tired thinking about the number of shows that we did in those days. I was lucky to have um, some friends from BYU Provo come on over, Dan Wilson, Mary Louise Woolsey, Rich Hill. And together we auditioned and came up with our first showcase Hawaii group. Look at those faces. I mean, they are amazing. I happen to see Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> We've got Joe Ahuna right there in the middle. We've got Deborah Tiwanak. We've got, oh, uh, Linda Tang. And uh, there's Susie Pitton and Brian Borsella back there at the, on the very back on the right side. I mean, so many wonderful friends and they were amazing. Not only did they have to um, uh, do a good show, uh, we were challenged by the president then, President Stephen Brower, that he wanted more than entertainment. He wanted a show that would showcase family values and gospel principles and the brotherhood of man. And so we did just that. And in one year, one school year, we did 88 shows oh reaching 33,000 people and that wasn't on any international tour. That was really hoofing it up and down the island and flying over to the big island and to Molokai and Kauai and, and performing in every school that we could possibly get into. And as a result, people started to recognize, hmm, there's something going on over there at that school. And uh, I mean, look at those faces. You can't possibly look at those faces and just not know that there is something really good uh, happening there. Look at that <laughs> there, face. <laughs> I am feeling just tired. I think they caught me in that shot when I was taking a nap uh, on the van as we were going from one school to the next. It was really kind of a, a crazy thing to be traveling that much and doing that many performances. One of our greatest things that we did was firesides. As we would go to different communities, we would uh, go to the chapel and and gather with the saints and do a fireside and sing some of our favorite songs. I'm a child of God was certainly one of our favorites. And we'd sing it in all different languages, representing all of the people that we had on the cast that particular year. And uh, there was a spiritual commitment. We wanted everybody to read their scriptures every day. I mean, we, of course, we've always wanted that, but we kind of really motivated each other, didn't we, Bobby? We, we, really talked a lot about that spiritual preparation, the academic preparation. In order to tour, you had to keep your grades up. 
And uh, there was a strong commitment of unity with one another. Uh, you might notice there in that particular photo, third from the left there on the back, wearing the black uh, Mandarin collar shirt. There's That's my awesome. old roommate, John Coway, President Coway's dad. Oh, and we miss him, wow. such a good friend. Um, <laughs> he was there. There's Bali Taginoa and Kurt Hussey and... Oh, who else have we got in there? Cousin, um, Nell Lee. Yes. yes. Buffy, right. not, not Lee Murray. Buffy. Yeah, Buffy yeah. Murray, Nellinette. Mm -hmm. And we had, let's see, there's Kevin Nako and Roman Gania. Oh, there's Scotia. There's Marilyn Anzai, Ewan. They're on the right side. Right. Is that Renee? Aguna in the middle. Top. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. Yes. It is. And then down in the front is... Uh, Mele, uh, Mariana Sibbett. That's right. Oh, and her husband yes. right above. Yep, exactly. Sure. There's Jim right there above. Anyway, such great people. So many great friends. And, it, you know, traveling with those friends, it was just amazing to see how they would step forward and become leaders. Uh, CCH was committed to building student leaders. I was actually called... Um, called, if you can imagine, to serve as the student body president, CCHSA president. It was a church calling. I was called by President Mailo of the stake, uh, the Laia stake. And we were taught by then President Dallin Oaks, who came over and, and uh, instructed us on principles of leadership and how we were supposed to uh, it was kind of an experiment in international church leadership. It was part of what they called the Melchizedek Priesthood MIA. And uh, so all of our student leaders were callings and it kind of um, lifted our efforts to have fun activities and to reach out and involve and include all of the students from all over the uh, Pacific Basin and Asian Rim in, in service opportunities and in, uh, in friendshiping kinds of experiences that really built a strong core of of Ohana there uh, at CCH. And the very next year in 19, um, let's see, was that 74, I think, that it, we became BYU-Hawaii. Yes, that's and, right. Uh, and it was really, I think it was not only a melting pot, but it was a, 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 a place where people would come thinking they were just going to go to school and discover that they were going to prepare for a lifetime of service. And it was awesome. We had a chance to go on a big tour. And in the early days, all of the BYU tours, whether it was BYU Provo or here in Hawaii, were usually sponsored by the Department of Defense because we, we were providing entertainment for American servicemen all over Europe, all over the Pacific Basin. And uh, so you can see there that first uh, tour that we took to um, Korea, Japan, Thailand, Taiwan, Okinawa, Johnson Island. There were 15 of us on that tour. And that photograph is actually taken on Okinawa. Uh, or is it Guam? One of those two. I I'll have to think for a minute. That's been quite a few years ago. <laughs> I, I think it was 74. Uh, I can see Kevin Kahanui there. Bali's there. Rich Hill's right there in the middle. Bruce Bosler. Really a great, a great group. Oh, uh, Dun Shimai. Rita Dunn, who was a Japanese uh, major, taught at the LTM. And uh, was Lusty, uh, sitting down on the left hand side, Dan Wilson oh, yeah. from the right on the top. Yeah, so many great friends. Mm. That tour was just amazing, and we had the opportunity to perform for the church on our days off. So we do shows all throughout the week for servicemen. Sometimes we would get on a helicopter in the morning and we would just, just like, um, mash we would fly in in two or three helicopters 
uh, and they would drop down on the top of these hillsides. A truck would pick us up, drive us down the dusty road to a big hillside where all the servicemen were sitting waiting for us to arrive. And we just actually perform on the back of a truck uh, as kind of the, uh, the stage. And we sang and danced. And of course, the American servicemen were especially excited to see the young women. They weren't particularly that interested in the guys, although we did some great numbers, but we were mostly supporting these wonderful girls with their smiles and with their friendship. And we made a lot of GIs and their families very happy during a time that uh, they were far away from their loved ones and far away from home. We had a great experience when we were in the Philippines on that first tour. Uh, we actually were invited on the one day that we were able to do some performances for the church to do a television performance that reached national television uh, and a live audience in two shows of 6,000 plus. And this was all organized by the Manila Mission and President Ray Goodson of that mission. And he wrote to uh, President Dan Anderson of BYU Hawaii after that and said, um, uh, I'm going to read a little quote from his letter. We were able to arrange for an appeal TV as well as a live performance attended by over 6,000. From the live performance alone, we obtained referral cards for over 2,500 families in the Manila area. Of course, this was the heyday of the Philippines, kind of like Japan in the early 70s after Expo 70. Church membership was just skyrocketing. And uh, President um, Goodson said to President Anderson in the, as he finished up the letter, I'd estimate that 300 baptisms will be realized through the exposure of our people to showcase Hawaii. Wow. And, you know, that kind of opportunity doesn't happen just because you got some good dancers and singers. We had some committed Latter-day Saints. Uh, these young uh, students representing many different parts of the world uh, did such a great job of bearing their testimony, not in words, but through their countenance, through the light that was very clear, clearly seen. Then we had this great tour, uh, the second year where we were able to go on to um, uh, many of the same places. And then in addition, a couple of other uh, Pacific Basin uh, things. And we went to the middle of the uh, Indian Ocean to Diego Garcia and performed for the people that were there for uh, their military assignment. And so this was another group. This was a little smaller. We were only able to take 10. You can see Herbie Ewan there. And we've got, oh, Christy Darama from the Philippines. And Linda Tang is still, oh, Joel Nakila and Connie. And your brother, Steve. Oh, yeah, my brother Steve is there on the left. Mm -hmm. And that was just a really fun group. Because it was smaller, they took us to more remote areas. And we were able to do a lot of performing in hospitals, and uh, military hospitals, and and lift the spirits of a lot of people that were in a pretty tough condition. So we felt, we felt the mission. There was no question in our minds why we were there. This was not just a fun uh, chance to see the world. We were there with a responsibility to share uh, what we knew to be true. And, uh, and it was a, a great blessing, I think, in all of our lives. The, the next year we went to the Big Island uh, on a tour and um, we were getting ready to perform at Hilo County Fair. And of course, Bobby's mom is in the audience already saving seats. And <laughs> we pull up in the bus and we're hurrying to get all the equipment off the, the bus. And uh, BJ Rowley, who was our Indian hoop dancer that came over from uh, Provo, Utah and danced with us and, um, he and Bobby were the first ones to always help get us set up. And so they were right there opening up the undercarriage of the bus. And uh, we were trying to get this car moved because we couldn't actually get our equipment um, uh, out of the bus. There were these big speakers and 
drums and costume boxes and all of these different things. And it was hard to get them out. So we're concentrating on getting this car out of the way. And Bobby is opening up the, the luggage compartment. And I hear this big thud and bang. And I turn around and the luggage uh, compartment door has fallen down. It wasn't latched properly, I guess, and hit Bobby in the yeah. head. And he's holding his ear. And when he lifts his hand away, there's a lot of blood, I'm telling you. And so I'm finding, I'm ripping off the bottom of my shirt tail to get a piece of cloth to put on there to stop the bleeding. And Bobby, and then I'm taking him, because it was a county fair, there happened to be a nurse station right right behind the bus. I couldn't believe it. It was just right there. So I take him over there. And then I go get his mother, who is their saving seats. And I say, hey, can you come here and take care of your son? I got to get things set up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I recognized at that point that there was something missing on the side of his head. And so I went running back and right there on the ground below the, the uh, door there on the side, the luggage compartment door, was a piece of Bobby's ear. Oh. Sorry, folks. <laughs> is, yeah. wow. so I had to, I picked it up and I put it in a little plastic baggie that I had, and I took it in there to his mom, and I said, "You probably need to take this over to the hospital so they can get it ready because we're going to get an ambulance and get him over there so they can sew his ear back on." It wasn't the whole ear, but it was a good old chunk of it. And bless his heart, he just was a trooper. Of course, the show had to go on. I sent his mom and his grandpa to go to go and take care of Bobby at the hospital. We set up the rest of the thing. We had a quick rehearsal backstage and said, okay, you got to do this, this thing for Bobby. You got to be him on this. Everybody's filling in. And we did the show. And in the meantime, he's over there getting it sewn back on, knowing that he was going to be able to visit. Um plastic surgeon back in Honolulu when we got back the next week and we were worried about insurance. Do we have insurance coverage? <gasps> it was one of those crazy moments and there were lots of them through the years. <laughs> There's definitely opposition in all things, right? And because we were involved in an important work and we were trying so hard to do it the way the Lord wanted us to I can't, rem I can't believe how detailed you are in explaining what happened because, um, you know, it, it was so crazy at that time. And um, all I could think of was, you know, I was really arrogant. I was thinking of myself because I was thinking, how am I going to look without an ear? And it's pretty scary when you don't have an ear and you've always had one, you know. I totally understand, Bobby. I was pretty concerned, too. I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh. Here's my best pal, and he is going to be earless. We have got to get this ear put back on. <laughs> you know, the so, minute it shows over, I am rushing over to the hospital to see what they're doing. And the guy, the doctor had already sewn it back on. And he said, you know, it was it was about an inch and a half long, and it was about mm, I'd say what bobby almost a half an inch, inch width it was just sliced off the back the back side which ear was it my right right here right here you guys can see it but it, it looks deformed all right it, oh, it, yeah. uh, the surgeon tried to do his best but it just wouldn't take um it wouldn't take and so it just kind of fell off so so i just had a deformed ear after that oh. <laughs> <laughs> You never see it, of course. Looking in that picture, you can see the hair covered up the ear just fine. Right, wow. and, and and I had to cover up my ear because I didn't want anybody to see my deformed ear. <laughs> I can't tell now. I can't tell. So who is going to notice that with that ear-to-ear -ear smile is what I want to know. <laughs> well, that was one of the great experiences, and we had so many fabulous experiences with Showcase Hawaii. The friends that I was privileged to meet there have been lifelong friends and every Christmas I'm thrilled to hear from them and to be able to get caught up on their 
children and their grandchildren. I mean, can you imagine? Where did the time go? How is it that we all have grandkids, you know, and that our kids are actually already graduated from college? And it just seems like last month we were on Big Island and doing a show at the Hilo County Fair. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, Randy, we have some friends here, right? Yes, Are we you have friends that wanted just to say hi to you. Oh, uh, my gosh. Look at this. Brian Barcilla. Hi, Marilyn. You and Marilyn. Fox. So good to see you. Wow. How hi, fun. Now, Brian, I know you're in Idaho. Marilyn, are you still in Maui? Yes, yes, Great. we are. And Christy, are you in Las Vegas or are you up in Utah? I'm in Henderson, Nevada. Henderson. Okay, yeah. great. Terrific. Well, you've got three of our star showcase Hawaii <laughs> right. performers yeah. right here. That's right. Well, of course. I could probably just go right to the piano behind me and start playing and they'll start singing. Uh, <laughs> they know how to take their cue from the piano intro, right? Folks? Yeah. Yeah. And they know how to sparkle. Yeah. Yeah, they, they still sparkle. That's for sure. Oh, love it. I think you guys look awesome. You don't look you like you are older. No. Well, you know, Brian's hair is a little different color than it was. I have to admit. But you look, honestly, look at those two girls. They could easily put on their showcase Hawaii dresses and step up on stage right now and not look a bit different than they did. And that was at least 15 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. More than it. <laughs> but, you know, you they were making it too, Randy. I can't believe it. I mean, you guys, this was in the 1970s. Hello. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yep. It could be that that many years, and yet it seems like we were just together yesterday. And the wonderful thing about being together in this mission that was laid out for us by our leaders, Hawaii and CCH, is that because we were laboring together in the Lord's cause, uh, the relationships that we had then, are, we can pick them right back up today. And it seems like it was just nothing has changed. We're still the great friends. We still feel the love and the unity. And, and that's going to be ours eternally. There's no question about it. And, and I love that. It's such a wonderful thing. I can travel just about any place in the world and meet one of my students or two or three and see their children and their grandchildren and feel like, well, we were just rehearsing last month and it's been 40 years. <laughs> I'm just going, this is unbelievable. How could I be 71 years old? And, <laughs> and how did, you know, what was I then? I was 21. 21 years old when I started as the Showcase Hawaii director. And, and Randy, it seemed like you were old. I know. <laughs> back then. It was all an act. I was just, I'm just trying to convince you guys that I really could be your director. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Well, oh, it's so, so much, fun Brian. to see you guys. I could, so I could give me a quick update. Christy, how many kids do you got? I have four children, 15 grandchildren. Wow. Awesome. All my bo two boys, two girls. Both boys have served missions. All my kids are married in the temple. Uh, I, I was going to say that when I joined Showcase Hawaii, it was my first semester. And I had just barely turned 19. And at the time... My, my testimony was really on the fence. I, I really had, I mean, I, I, I wasn't sure if this is where I needed to be. And uh, selfishly, Showcase Hawaii really was more for me than for me giving anything to, to other people. It was really more for me because um, the idea of a forever family really made an impact. And uh, prior to uh, BYU Showcase, I actually had no ambition to get married or have children. 
I just want to have exciting. Fun. Look at this. 15 grandchildren now. 15 grandchildren, and they're absolutely wonderful. And my husband, honey. Hello. My husband. Hi, my husband was was raised in a in a city called Manila. Mm. In Pleasant Grove, Utah. And he married the Manila from Manila. Real Manila. That is so great. Also, I wanted to add when you guys went to the Philippines. I was actually going to the University of the Philippines, and I actually um, got the uh, University of the Philippines uh, performing stage, uh -huh. performing arts theater reserved for you. And that's where I met you, and you had me play the guitar. I and, remember. Uh, that's when I actually wanted to go to Hawaii, because I had no desire to go to BYU Hawaii. So that I'm so glad. That we met because you were supposed to be there i know i'm i'm extremely grateful every day i'm very very grateful Scotty. Awesome. <laughs> tell us quick words how many kids how many grandkids i have uh three children two sons a daughter and 13 grandkids um chad is right there in let you with his six he's right here with us he's, he's working right, with us he's next door awesome <laughs> And then Mickey is there in American Fork with her five. Uh -huh. And Sean has two in Provo. And awesome. we're still here on Maui. So in fact, listen, Brian... the next time you come to Utah, I better see you. I know. You, you've got these two kids right here, and we can at least go have some sushi or something. <laughs> <laughs> right now, right now, my dad is living with me. He's a hundred years old. Oh wow. So, wow. Taking care of him. I can't fly out yet. I really miss my grandkids. Years I'm ago, sure. we had Brian and his wife come over, and my son Chad and Cami were in Maui, and Cami had made the shrimp tacos, and Debbie and Brian were at our house. It was wonderful. And later on, later on, I learned that you guys had served a mission at PCC. Is that right? That's right. And then one of our trips to Utah when Mickey had moved back to um, Utah from Kuhuku, uh -huh. her husband couldn't come with her, so. I ended up, I thought I was going to be the only one driving her from Vegas to Utah, but we ended up meeting Christy and she made us blueberry pancakes for breakfast. Mm. <laughs> Come visit me. Oh, isn't, it, isn't it fun? The friends that, that to make friends that many years ago and to be able to just enjoy them through all these years. And even after decades have gone by it's so thrilling i'm so excited to hear about all of your grandkids and your sweet kids that two of them are right here so i'm expecting sushi the next time you come. <laughs> and then we were happy at one one of our trips just herb and Lyle, we were able to see you on campus i think it was a few years before you retired yes i remember that was really nice. It was so nice for you to drop by it was just great and one time when i brought my family with our neighbors the takasakis over to maui I'm telling you, Herbie and Skosh, they took care of us like crazy. And we just, our kids still talk about that trip. That's when our kids were little. Now my kids have got teenagers. But so it was a long time ago. But it was like, it was escape to paradise for sure. So fun. Awesome. Brian, tell us about your kids and grandkids. Real quick. I have four kids, two and two, 14 grandchildren. All married. Well, our kids are married in the temple and been on missions and, um, I just wanted to say one thing, Randy, that uh, I wanted to express to people who are watching also is that BYU Hawaii and Showcase Hawaii changed my life. As you know, I was a non-member while performing in that group. And it was because of the family show and the good influence of the people that I was performing with and the college that I became a member of the church. That was back in 1972. And I wanted to thank you. See. Here I go crying and I call it my ugly cry because I know I cannot talk while I'm crying. I don't know how you sing and, and, and cry at the same time, Randy, but you did it very well. But um, Lots of practice because <laughs> I cried a lot. <laughs> because back then I was with the group CCH um, show, what was it, CCH Showcase? I don't know what it was called back then with Dorm Nielsen. And yep. I know I had to audition to get into Showcase Hawaiian and seeing you come and I, you were very intimidating 
to a lot of us. We faked you out. Didn't and I asked you to be president of the group? I don't think so. I wasn't your best friend like Bobby. <laughs> I don't believe it. I actually went to your house in Molokai. Yes. Your mom made me breakfast with spam and every. I mean, <laughs> whoa! How much closer can you get? <laughs> your mama. That was that was that was one of our best experiences with the um, the people of Kalaupapa. Wasn't and that the, amazing? The sweet spirit, you know, of of our leper friends. Can you remember oh, those beautiful lays that those little ladies yep. made with no fingers, just with little no scrubs, fingers. and they made all of these beautiful lays? I mean, I still have mine. I take it out every once in a while and, and tell the story of those sweet, yep. sweet people yep. in Kalau Papa. Wow. Life-changing experiences, for sure. No question about it. I'm so hey, thrilled. Randy, I'd like to ask these three, and I've never been in showcase, but I'd like to ask them what was their favorite um, show, favorite area, favorite performance? What was that? Where was that? Bobby included in this question. And you too. We'll start with we'll start with you, Christy. Yes. Boy, you know, every show was great, but I remember a show we had in the Big Island. It would be my first time to go to the Big Island. I was really excited because one of my missionaries there, Elder Felix Mahi was his name. And I was I was anxious to see him and hoping I would see him. And um, I remember we were on stage. I think Randy was a little sick that night um, because we, we had to pray for Randy or you had to get a blessing or something like that. But um, I remember when we were on stage, we were singing the usual, um, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And then I was crying and I couldn't, I could barely sing. And then I looked at Linda and she's crying. I looked at Meliana and she's crying. And I looked at the guys and they're crying. And I'm thinking, where is this, where, where's the voice coming from? You know, I couldn't figure out why I could still hear these, this beautiful, harmonious group. And I could have sworn that I, I, it was like the heavens were open and there were angels singing with us. That was my experience anyway, because when I went down and started looking for Elder Mahi, I found him. And uh, that's exactly what he said and what exactly what he experienced was he felt that the, the windows of heaven were opened. So that's probably one of my um, most memorable experiences, but I have plenty. <laughs> How about you, Marilyn? Well, like Christy, every show was memorable, but I really liked doing the performances at the wards. We did those missionary open houses and my mom had come to visit and she actually stayed with me in the dorms and she came on one of our tours, one of our shows to the Lanakila ward. And it was, it was just a special show. I just remember it being really um, welcoming and inviting for her. And she felt the spirit too. So, you know, she's moved on, she's passed on, we've done her work. And I enjoyed also being in Okinawa. I guess the first show at, from the, it was at a ward and one of our friends from um, Biwe Hawaii was there with her parents. And she's a convert too, so that was a special show in Okinawa on our tour. But I remember um, you were really upset with us at one of our rehearsals and you just walked out. It's like, whoa, what do we do now? Do we just go home? <laughs> and then and then we had we had this other performance and I think it was Kevin Kahonui. Um he was saying, wow, Randy's really mad, but he keeps playing with us and his, he keeps playing the piano and his fingers are like flying across the keyboard, but we're like, we have to sing because he's saying louder, louder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, we got to sing louder. <laughs> and your fingers- Give me a break. I was 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't practiced. I hadn't yet. <laughs> but I consider you one of my Holly brothers because you took me to the- MTC when I went on my mission. I'm really grateful I was able to meet your grandmother and your mom and Karen, of course. And you, it was just your little sister. 
that she was there, but just being there and having you spend time, being able to share time with you, with your family, that was very, very special. And, you know, from there, all of our, I have three kids, of course, they, they serve missions as well. So I'm grateful for that. Isn't that wonderful? Really grateful. So great. Thank you, Brian. Anything you want to share? Yeah, um, we already talked about Kalaupapa, so I won't go there, but um, one of the most exciting uh, shows were at the Big Island again. We were performing, and it was during the Tahitian section. And I don't know if you remember this. We The girls started doing Tahitian, and the drums were going, and uh, then we had the earthquake. Yeah. And we thought, what's going on? That doesn't sound like the drums to us. And the building started shaking. And we started running out, and we were the last ones out of that building, I believe. We were trampled by those people at, on the Big Island. But when we got outside the door, the, the actual um, uh, land was had a wavy movement to it, and it was exciting and scared at the same time. And, and uh, do that you was... remember how all of you guys then went with the children in that school yes. and took care of them, sang yes. with them, played games with them for yes, hours because their parents couldn't get there because of the landslides. Correct. And so they were stuck at the school and you guys just took over like, like you were supposed to be there. It was your job. Yes. I was so proud of the way you just stepped right up and took care of those little kids and comforted them and, they were worried about when am I going to see my mommy and daddy? And you guys just made it yeah. fun. Like it was yeah. a big adventure. What it was, great, and they loved great it. ambassadors. For and they loved it. And, and real quick, another show was when right before we went on a tour to the mainland. Remember that you, did, you had just come back from your Asian tour. And right. Buffy and I had put together this group to go to, to the mainland to perform. It was uh -huh. a Hawaiian group. I'm a Polynesian group. Uh -huh. yeah. And we put it together and then we, we left. Well, we had performed for a um, uh, uh, group of kids from the mainland who had just arrived there and we performed. And that's where I met my wife. I yeah, saw yeah. her there. Oh, my God. Never, we, had never, we didn't have any connection until we moved to Idaho. That's where we met. But that was a neat experience to know that she was there when we performed. That is awesome. That's yes. great. How about you, Bobby? Oh, for me, I think I'm like Christy and like Marilyn. Like every show we did was just a miracle. And it was amazing because when you look into the audience, eyes, and you know, we did a 20 minute family show at the end. And when we performed, I mean, you look into the audience and you see everybody crying in the audience. And you're thinking, oh, you must be doing something. We must be doing something right. And um, I remember performing for women's club luncheons, watching their tears roll down after we performed. When we went to prison, all these tough tattoo prisoners trying to cry, but they have to show that they're masculine. So they will put their eyes head up and let the eyes the tears kind of rest and without it falling down, their tears falling down. But every show was just a miracle. It was such a missionary oriented and the spirit was just so strong at every show. And that's what I, that's what I enjoyed the most. Yeah, I agree. Me too. Randy, <laughs> I'm proud you of you. Randy? Still proud of you. Ooh. Randy, did you have a favorite show? Oh my gosh. No, I could I couldn't. There's too many. Too many and too many wonderful showcase members who who changed my life. And uh, and I'm just grateful for every single one. And and I know Heavenly Father is as well. And he's blessed us. He's blessed us for the the service that we rendered when we were just kids uh singing and dancing together at CCH and at BYU Hawaii. Uh you look at these grandkids and and return missionaries and even families that uh, all their kids have not yet served a mission or they didn't get married in the temple it's okay we're loving our families and we're teaching them and and doing what the savior would have us do to to help them catch a vision of how much we love them and how much the savior loves them and that's that's what's important so grateful to you and what a lovely surprise <laughs> 
I'm thrilled that you uh, would take time to jump on with us and to have this chance to just visit together. Very special. Thank you. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you, Brian, for tuning in with us on this special afternoon. And thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about what I did after I left Hawaii uh, okay. with some more students. So, um, everybody. thank you. I'm okay. going to jump back to some of those slides. There's a picture of Joe Ahuna who went with us on those first couple of, of uh, tours. And it was really interesting. He came to BYU Hawaii to go to law school when I actually went back to BYU Provo to. Um, uh, to do my graduate study. And he toured me with me that very first year uh, when I was hired to be the new uh, young ambassador, artistic director. And our first year we went to the Soviet Union and it was kind of an exciting year. Uh, President Spencer W. Kimball, whom we had met with Showcase Hawaii uh, when he came to help do the groundbreaking for the Aloha Center and we gave his wife, I was student body president that year, we gave his wife the, um, what was that, womanhood, Nahopono something, womanhood award. Um, and so he remembered us from that time, and he kind of watched what we were doing. You can see Linda Tang over on the right, second from the right there on the front, and Joe Ahuna is right there just below her, kneeling down in the front. And both of them went with us to that incredible tour. Um, and he actually described what we were doing in the Soviet Union in a talk that he gave called The Uttermost Parts of the Earth. And I'm just going to read you a little segment of that. It's just really quite amazing. He said, um, early this summer, our BYU Young Ambassadors of Montana Televisions, today in Montana. While taping this program, a tourist came into the studio who had just returned from the Soviet Union. Gift to the Montana TV producer, Norma Ashby, from a lady Russian television executive who Norma had hosted in Montana just weeks earlier. The gift arrived right during the 45 minutes that we were in the studio right there in Montana. And Norma promptly asked BYU to take a return gift to her good friend Svetlana um, when they toured Moscow the very next week because we had just been talking with her that we were on this little uh, pre-tour in Montana before we went to the Soviet Union. So when we arrived in uh, Moscow, we found Svetlana. That's the blonde there between Joe and I and talking to some of the students there on the right side. Svetlana Starodomskaya, and she was so excited after seeing the first performance that she canceled everything in the studios the next morning and invited us because we were scheduled to travel to Kiev uh, the next afternoon by train. And so we only had the morning and she scheduled us to come in and tape the entire show in the morning for broadcast on Soviet Central Television which at the time was the only television in the Soviet Union. It broadcast across 13 time zones and we reached 150 million people who saw that show. And President Kimball said, it's a testimony to me that when we're ready, the Lord will use us for his purposes. So then here's the ending to the story. Nine years later, in December of 1987, Mr. Gorbachev came to Washington, D.C. for the very first time to meet with President Ronald Reagan. And on that night, when on the eve of his arrival in Washington, D.C., Soviet Central TV was looking for some program that would be representative of Soviet-American friendship that they could play prime time on the eve of his arrival. So they went back in their archives and found the Young Ambassador show that Svetlana had taped nine years earlier in 1978 and rebroadcast that performance prime time throughout the entire Soviet Union on that night that Gorbachev arrived. Talk about oh, miracles. That's neat. Linda Tang was there with us and she went on then the very next year in 79 to go with us to their first trip to China. And again, President Kimball was, you know, being the prophet that he was, and he was seeing the Spirit of God hovering over this, the people of China, the billions of people there, 
and he issued a challenge to President Oaks, find a way to get BYU into China. So President Oaks went went after it and secured a, an invitation from the Sino-American uh, Friendship Society in Guam for this group. This would be the first university group to enter China since the 30 years of the Cultural Revolution. Mm-hmm. And so we made preparations. We got invitation and we were just getting ready. And it was crazy uh, learning Chinese and learning Chinese songs and preparing a show. We'd already done a, a major tour and I pulled together a new show after coming back from our regularly scheduled tour because this happened right at the last minute. And Linda Tang had had a premonition that we were going to go to China I couldn't say anything, and President Oaks had not said anything about it, but she said, I'm going to do this uh, internship in San Francisco for my graduate program, but I want you to call me when you get the word that you're going to China because I know it's coming. And I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. At that point, I didn't even know that President Oaks was working on this. And then I found out, and I'm thinking to myself, boy, that she's she's got a a direct line to the spirit because she said we were going to China and lo and behold, I call her in San Francisco and said, Linda, can you come back? Because we're going to China in like five weeks and we need you since you can speak the language. And so she came back and that tour was just amazing. But three days before departure, we got this telegram. This was the day of telegrams, no emails, telegram saying, I'm going to read it to you. Please bring only simple musical instruments for possible performances in schools and factories pending approval. Now, this is a complete turnaround from what they had originally said. We had been told that we would perform in major theaters, that we would be doing television programs, that we were going to perform. But they got the list of all the equipment we were bringing, and it scared them. What is this group? They hadn't been hosting any groups from outside of China and they then pulled it all back and said, no, only bring like a guitar and a couple of little musical instruments and we'll see if we'll let you perform. Well, we arrived with that whole, that all of that stuff. And I had told Elder Faust, who was assigned by President Kimball to travel with us, you know, what are we going to do? I'm so worried, you know. He said, Randy, where's your faith? Now, when an apostle says that to you, you kind of go, <coughs> okay, Um yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll have, we'll pray. Let's, should we have a prayer? <laughs> and, and it was just miraculous that elder Faust was able to get us a trial performance. You see there one, two, three, four, six little gals from the national minorities Institute. They were like high school age girls who were invited to host us at the national minorities Institute. Our first day in China in 1979 and sitting in front of them are like about nine or 10 communist officials, all of them dressed exactly in the same Mao jackets. And they were sitting and deciding whether or not we would be able to perform in China in a larger format than just simple little songs on the street corner. After that performance, the lead man in that delegation stood up and said, you will perform tomorrow in the Forbidden City in the Red Tower Theater, the most prestigious theater in Beijing. And I thought, well, how in the world are they going to get the word around? How will they let people know that there's a show? I didn't understand communist countries at that point. (laughs) Not only did they get a full audience that next day, but then they asked if we would add a morning and an afternoon matinee. The next day, we did three shows in one day. And every one of them full to the brim with about 2,000, 2,500 people in each performance. And then to top it all off, President um, Faust had been invited by President Kimball to follow the spirit. And if he felt so uh, prompted to rededicate the land of China. So we were there in the Forbidden City where the theater was that we were performing and President Uh, or elder then, elder Faust said, Randy, would you please gather the students quickly and have them meet in this pagoda you see on the right, the pagoda of the eternal springs. And he said, uh, if you could have them do this quickly, because I, I feel prompted that we need to gather together. And as he invited us in there, he invited one of the young elders from the young, young ambassadors to stand in each of the doors of the pagoda 
And he knelt then as we circled around him in the center of that pagoda. This was, he said, near the original spot where David O. McKay dedicated the land of China in 1921. And as we were surrounding him there, we were privileged to hear these words. He said, We pray that thou wilt honor and recognize each of the great promises and blessings which President McKay spoke for the future benefit of this people and this great land. Now, Father, through the authority of the Holy Apostleship, I rededicate the land of China for the purposes of a rich harvest unto thee. What an experience. So from that first tour in 1979, BYU and BYU-Hawaii returned to China almost every year for 40 years. And in our last big hurrah in 2019, to celebrate that 40-year friendship with the Chinese people, we returned to China, this time with 200 student performers. 200. That's three planes that came over. You see them there on the stage. And we performed in three cities with major performances in those three cities, sellout crowds in every one, national television on China Central Television. And it was just a testimony to me as I sat there that President McKay's prophecy that he said, from this school will go, go out men and women who will be privileged to have an influence in the world to bring peace to this world. As we stood there singing, and the audience, all 3,000 of them, clapped along in unison. I knew that I was doing what the Lord had prepared me to do when I was a young student at BYU Hawaii. It was a privilege then, after my first trip in 1979 to China, to come home and meet the love of my life, Susan Johnson. She believed in the vision that I gained at BYU Hawaii, and she would travel with me then for the next 40 years. In between all of those tours, she taught at BYU School of Management in business communications and in Utah's public schools for 43 years and created a wonderful home for our three children and for our uh 10 grandchildren. And uh, the year that our son Ross was born, uh, we went to uh, India and met Indira Gandhi. Uh, we had a private meeting. We sang for her and she said this, the ideas we have in common, which you have so beautifully expressed in such a melodious way, have helped to build bridges with India. My hope is that we may all walk that path of goodwill and brotherhood, both young and old, with hands stretched across the ocean and the continents. It was one of those experiences where, once again, I thought back on that opportunity that I had to be prepared for experiences like this at BYU-Hawaii. One week later, after our meeting with Indira Gandhi, Elder Howard W. Hunter met with her in a follow-up visit, traveling, uh, meeting her again with Elder Horace Hayes, who's standing right there to the right of Indira Gandhi. And he formally established the Indian Society of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints just one week after we had been singing to her, which allowed the church to formally proselytize. So I know we're getting very close to the end, but I just like to say that Life has been full. Uh, I have had uh, so many opportunities uh, to represent the church, Faith in Every Footstep in 97, the Susquecentennial in Cougar Stadium with a cast of 5,000, 3,000 missionaries, the Olympics at church headquarters in the LDS Conference Center. The And now I'm on the uh, board of One Voice Children's Choir with my good buddy, Bob Yakoy, and I get to see him even if it's on Zoom. We're going to eventually get together on some of these meetings live and in person. But I'm just so grateful as I look at my life that the joy that I've experienced, the opportunities that have come because of BYU Hawaii. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this rare privilege of being able to, to reflect upon my life and realize how grateful I am for that preparation that I received as a student there with you, Bobby, and with all of the good friends that uh, are listening in. 
I love you all. Thank you so much, Randy. Wow. Um, this has been such a special, special uh, um, episode that we're doing. And um, you have impacted so many students' lives, not only at BYU-Hawaii and Church College of Hawaii, but many in the past 40 years at BYU-Provo. And um, I know they sing praises of you. They are so grateful for you and um, preparing them for their life career. Uh, whichever they may be, but uh, you have been such a light and a great example to all of us. And we're just so grateful that we can still uh, reminisce and we can still um, uh, feel the spirit through our friendship. And 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 I know many that are, are listening or tuning in with us, you know, I know they're looking back at all the great memories that um, they had at CCH and at BYU-Hawaii. I was just going to say, I'm just amazed, Randy, that you were such, you were so young when you started, you know, and to be a leader and to take on all of these, you know, students that were also your, your um, classmates, you know, at school and organize this um, group and do all of the amazing things that you did. It sounds to me like it was a lot of missionary work. And besides promoting BYU Church College of Hawaii, BYU Hawaii. You know. It was an honor and a privilege and an unusual opportunity. I can't believe that that I was provided with that opportunity. But it was the best education ever. And I, the love that I feel for the friends, the students that I've been privileged to rub shoulders with, the colleagues, the faculty colleagues, is just enormous. My life is fantastic and beautiful because of those rich relationships and i love them still and will always love them so oh, great opportunity to express that love we love you too uh randy and we wish you the best as you continue to um serve on the utah state board of education um i i know i said this before but i thought you were crazy to do it but um <laughs> <laughs> but if anybody could can do something like that, Randy Booth is the man. And, and besides that, being on the board for the One um, One Voice Children's Choir as well. And I, I know you're keeping very busy, but you're still continuing to shine that light like you did uh, many, many years ago while we were here at Church College of Hawaii. So thank you for being with us today. Thank, thank you for you sharing your wonderful experiences. Um, thank you for Thanks, sharing Randy. your life. Yes, thank you, Randy. It's such a pleasure to meet you. I've heard so much about you. I think I may have met you briefly before, but I've just heard so many heard so many things about you. And now I've seen a lot of what has happened since you're with all of your efforts and good work here on campus and also at BYU Provo. And it's amazing, amazing to me. I think I'd, I'd love to see a reunion, Bobby and Randy. I'd love to see a showcase of one of these days and you know have you folks perform for all of us if that could still happen. And well uh, we did it once, right? We did, we did it in 2005. We did. We did. Okay, well, we might be coming over this next year sometime. Maybe we better look at that timing and see if we can okay. get a reunion, you know, happening around that time. And at least the ones that are still there in the islands. But I mean who in the world would not want to come over to the islands if they knew there was a reunion? So everybody on the mainland, Brian, I know you'll be over there. I know Chris, you'll be over there. So let's get a date and all meet in paradise. All right. Speaking of reunions, Bobby, we're planning one in November to let you know. This is probably the first time we're really getting the word out. But the first weekend in November, the Hawaii chapter, uh, Bobby, Richie Norton and others are helping to plan this reunion for Hawaii, but also I know we're going to have others that will come. We're, we're still inviting everybody else that wants to come. If you're from the mainland, if yes. you're from, you know, Asia, you're still yeah. invited to come. Yeah. Uh, It'll be the first fourth week of November is a great time to leave yeah. the snow behind. <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. and Food Fest is on a part of that weekend, which is why we're also gathering at that time. So there could be a lot of fun happening. That's great. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you again, Randy. Thank you, everybody, thank for chiming in with us on this special, special episode with Randy Booth. We want to wish everybody a big aloha and had a happy Easter uh, to you as well, Randy, and to everybody else. Thank you for chiming in.
Thank yes. you. Thank my you. love to all of my surprise showcasers that. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Well, we'd like to thank you, Bobby and I, for joining us this afternoon on this Aloha Friday podcast with Randy Booth and friends. We had a great reminiscing. For me, it was wonderful to listen to all of the wonderful memories that were shared. Um, just as a recap, we have some podcasts coming up this coming weekend. Our Sorry, this coming Monday with Elder and Sister McCarty, our missionaries here in Ho'okele. They teach on-campus internships to our students. Brought that program. It was inspired, and they brought that program from Provo here to Hawaii to help our students. They'll be talking to us on Monday at 3 p.m. Hawaii time. And then on Friday next week, our Aloha Friday guest will be Apitora from Fiji, who will be featured, uh, one of our alumni there and he'll be sharing some experiences as well um and finally again bobby why don't you give a shout out oh uh, to our graduates right yes congratulations <laughs> to and all those that worked with me at pcc congratulations to you so uh it's a saturday april 16th um so join live uh, stream event on the byu hawaii youtube channel and also, this coming weekend is uh, Easter, so we wish yes. all of you a happy Easter. Happy Easter. And we love you guys. Love you all. Have a great Aloha Friday, everyone. Thank you. Take care and Aloha.